Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I'm your host, Callie, and I have a jam-packed Halloween episode for you guys and in a bit of an ADHD episode. We have Let's Not Meet Creepy Encounter Stories. We have glitches in the matrix involving the moon and the sky that personally give me an existential crisis. Um, and then we have a story told by my grandmother herself that has kept me up for years that I finally recorded and honestly just gives me chills. I'm excited to share all of these stories with you guys and most of them have been recorded and sent in by people who experienced them themselves. With that being said, and of course, without further ado, let's get into it. Last Saturday, me and my boyfriend were hanging out with my roommates and some of their boyfriends uh, and just having a casual Saturday night drinking at our house. Uh, We live in a college town, uh, which is known for having a lot of break-ins as the homeless and drug problem here is really bad. Um, So two of the girls opted to go to the bar while the rest of us stayed uh, in our house and just played pong and chatted and listened to music and drank. Anyways, everything was normal. Around 1 a.m., the girls come home from the bar. Everybody's pretty tired, so we all head downstairs and go to our own rooms and go to sleep, and that was the end of the night until uh, I got woken up in the middle of the night to like a presence standing at the end of my bed, and I'm pretty sensitive to... Um, little noises or just feeling when someone's in my room. And so I woke up right away and I just assumed it was my best friend's boyfriend uh, who wanted to see if me and my boyfriend were still awake and if we wanted to party more. But I was pretty tired so I pretended to still be asleep because I just didn't want to be bothered and I didn't feel like getting up or interacting with anyone. Um, But the man still stands there for a little bit longer and then eventually quietly just leaves I remember thinking, oh, that's weird. Like, what time is it? I looked for my phone, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, And so I just grabbed my Apple Watch off of my nightstand. And I checked, and it was 4.30 in the morning. And I was like, oh, that's a bit late. Like, I wonder why they're still awake and also why they didn't knock. But I was kind of half asleep, so I didn't really put too much thought into it. Um, But the man then begins pacing back and forth in our hallway, which we can see his shadow going back and forth underneath the light of the doorframe because uh, the kitchen light was still on. He then proceeds to start trying to open my roommate's door, which thankfully was locked. Her room is right next to mine. So he's quietly kind of fiddling with the door handle, which then wakes up my roommate and her boyfriend who are like, what is going on? Like, who is trying to get into the room? Um, The person obviously doesn't say anything, but continues trying to jiggling the handle and then paces back and forth in that same hallway. He then proceeds to go to the kitchen and we can hear him fumbling through our utensils drawer. He grabs one of them and then tries to use it to pick the lock of her door. Uh, So then her boyfriend gets up and is, you know, creeping towards the door to see if he can get a better look maybe underneath the door to see anything, but there's not much space in between the end of the door and the floorboards so he couldn't see anything the man continues to try to fiddle with the handle for about a minute more until my friend's boyfriend gains the courage to you know yell like who the fuck is that um 
jiggling at the door, which then scares the man who sprints up the stairs, swings the door open, and sprints off into the night. Uh, So obviously pretty rattled. We call the police, and they get there, and they do a search of the house, but they tell us basically, like, there's nothing we can do, which we knew, Um, and they weren't that shocked by it because break-ins are common, like I said. But what was weird about our story is that he didn't try to take anything, like my phone was gone, but it was in the kitchen next to my alcohol, my $600 shoes, a bunch of food, like nothing was touched or even attempted to be taken. He just wanted to get into the girls' rooms. Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful that my boyfriend was there that night as he's not there all the time because he lives three hours away. So it was kind of a rare thing. And I don't tend to lock my door when people are drunk only because I want to be able to be accessible if there's an emergency or I'm needed for some reason. But the man was able to get in because the two girls who came home from the bar didn't lock the door behind themselves. But anyways, I don't want to know what would have happened to me if I was alone that night. And I will now be locking my door, needless to say. So on October 9th, me and my boyfriend, we went on a hike at uh, St. Edwards Park in Austin, Texas. And we were there for maybe three hours. It's a huge park, thousands and thousands of trees, many, many, many trails. Um, A lot of them don't even lead to anything. They just kind of lead to dead ends or uh, there's a valley inside the park. There's mountains like it's really, really big. So we took the one trail that's furthest to the right side of the park, if you're facing it. And we crossed the creek, went up the hill to the bird sanctuary. And the entire time that we're walking, there's not much wildlife. Like we noticed in the water, there were no frogs. Um, there were no fish. And when we got up to the bird sanctuary, we didn't hear or see any birds and so we decided to take a break up there uh because i was at the way peak of the hill or the mountain quote unquote and um i was looking in the dirt just to make sure that i wasn't gonna sit on like an anthill or something and i saw no bugs and so the entire time we're just kind of feeling a little eerie about the whole thing and uh, just before we uh, crossed the creek, which is basically at the start of, of the trail, uh, we saw this family of four there. That was, that was cool. That was fine. Uh, we didn't see anybody else until we were making our way back. Now, the reason that we were there for a few hours is because we tried to uh, take a shortcut to find our way back down the hill. And... Uh, well, you know, shortcuts are never shortcuts. They're only detours. (laughs) So we got lost a few times. Like, like I said, it's a massive park. When we finally got back up to the main trail, uh, we did see one guy in front of us, maybe a couple minutes. Um, and then we saw this and he, he was going, he was leaving the park. He was going down the hill. 
and we saw this other guy maybe another five minutes down the hill he was going up and I remember him because you know I did the polite thing looked at him waved said hi and I remember that he was maybe in his early 20s Asian guy and uh, he was wearing basketball shorts he had a black backpack and uh, thick rimmed glasses and a gray t-shirt and so you know I didn't think anything of it there's plenty of people who like to walk in that park it's not as populated as some other parks which I really enjoy um so then we get to the base of, of the hill and we're walking through the fields walking over to the parking lot and then when we're maybe 30 seconds from the parking lot, now, now it's shrouded in trees. You can't see the parking lot until you walk out from the tree line. And I see that same guy again. And I actually stopped and turned around, looked to him. I mean, he didn't see me do that because I was looking at his back. But I, I even I verbally said, wait, what did did we go the wrong way? And my boyfriend goes no the the parking lot's right here now this isn't my first time there i'd been there a few times before so i like i knew that we were there already but i was just surprised i I didn't really understand what was going on we got into the car you know maybe another minute later we got into the car and we're, we're both just sitting there in silence and we look at each other and i said was that and he said yeah that was the same guy he didn't even have a bead of sweat on him and it was 86 degrees and very humid as austin always is there is no possible way that he could have made it back to the parking lot without us seeing him it's just not possible. And on top of having no sweat on him on a hot and humid day, it makes absolutely no sense. And so when we were driving back, it was maybe like a 25 minute drive back to our house and a song came on and I was just like, oh, oh God. Okay. And I literally word for word, that's what I said. Oh God. Okay. And I clicked next song. I didn't want to listen to that song. The next song that came on was called Okay. And at that point, I was just done. (laughs) Like, the amount of weird things that were going on that day were just absolutely insane. And I honestly still have no idea how to feel about it. But that's the story of uh, our early October St. Edwards Park walk. Glitch in the Matrix. it Sedona Arizona it was either 2000 or 2001 it was summertime I remember it was summer break from college and two friends and I went on a little road trip um, 
We drove from the Midwest, um, made a few stops and ended up at one point in Sedona. And it was cool. We were just sort of exploring around, having a good time. Um, it was evening and it was a full moon. It was beautiful outside, a nice clear night. So we decided to go check out one of these vortex spots we'd been hearing about from you know, local people and other tourists. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with these, um, well, Sedona is kind of a, a new age sort of community, which none of us were really, we were there for the scenery, you know, at that time. And we weren't really into all that other stuff, weren't against it, but we thought it was interesting. So these vortex sites are sort of local lore where uh, a lot of people believe that there's concentrated, you know, EMF sort of whirls or um, spirals and that um, people say that they have any number of unusual um, experiences if they spend time sitting on these spots. So it was a beautiful clear night and we said, hey, why don't we go check out one of these vortex spots? I mean, there, there's one that um, is pretty close to the parking area so we could get to it, you know, even at night. It's a full moon. Um, so yeah, we drove up to the site, um, parked, and yeah, it was just like a, maybe a one minute little trudge slash climb up this mesa. Um, no one around. We spread our blanket, we sat down, we're just talking, laughing, hanging out. And then something caught my eye. Um, I look up <laughs> and there it was, uh, the full moon, which I had noted earlier in the evening, was different. It was moving, twitching, uh, violently twitching. Um, the imagery that, that struck me at the time, I remember, is it looks like a basketball being dribbled very fast, very low to the ground, just twittering or twitching like that. Um, so of course I gasp and I look over and I see my two friends. They're both already staring up at it. And I said, you guys see that, right? And they both spoke at once. Um, one said, yep, and one said, I see it. And we're like, what the? So we're just sort of staring. I feel like we kind of underreacted because with what we were seeing, I mean, the apocalypse would have to be going on around us for if the moon was flying all, I mean, it was crazy. It was not something <laughs> you'd ever expect to see, that's for sure. And this went on. It went on. Uh, having its controlled seizure, it never deviated from the up and down, you know, basketball kind of metaphor, you know, that basketball motion just right there. And it went on for, I don't know, five minutes. And we just stared at it. 
And I don't know. We didn't, it's, I still feel like we should have screamed or jumped up and ran, but we, we just sat there kind of dumbfounded, like, um, I mean, what can you do? Right? And so afterwards, I just became obsessed with it. You know, the internet was pretty much nothing back then. So there's no research to be done, you know, nothing to find. Um, and my one girlfriend that was there, she didn't even want to talk about it. She, anytime I tried to bring it up, she just get this weird look on her face and either clam up or change the subject, act like she didn't hear me. You know, I eventually just gave up trying to talk to her about it. And I have a feeling, you know, we lost touch years ago, but I have a feeling that if I were to ask her about it today, that she would probably deny knowing what I was talking about. Now, on the other hand, the other friend that was with me, um, he was just as obsessed with it as I was. And um, we talked about it a lot. Now, I haven't spoken to him in, gosh, nearly 20 years either, but I'm sure he would still remember this. And thinking about it, it's kind of made me want to look for him again and see what his current thoughts are on it after all this time. So what, what is the moon? What did we see? What, uh, that it wasn't possible with what we know of reality. Um, that what we saw doesn't match. So, um, where's the breakdown here? Like what, what information are we missing? You know, people have said, oh, well, it was probably like, um, you know, like um, light waves, like bouncing off the atmosphere and stuff. Like, you know, we know what we know what we saw. It wasn't like, oh, is it moving? Maybe it's moving. Oh, it kind of looked. No, it was going to town up there. It was shocking. So what was it? I have no idea. And you know what? That wasn't the only weird thing we saw in Sedona. I think there might be something to those vortex areas. Um, So that's my first story. Thanks for listening. Hey, um, I'm Sarah from the UK. Um, I'm just going to recall the weird thing that happened to me. Um, It was June, I think it was June the 20th last year, 2022. Um, I was sunbathing in the garden with my mum and my sister. Uh, It was a lovely sunny day. It was all just chilling and relaxing. And then it was like all of a sudden someone had just flicked the lights off, just turned them off at the wall. And I looked around because I thought I'd just had like a funny turn. And then, cause it was like a split second, the lights was off and then they was back and it was a glorious sunny day again. And I thought, oh, it must be cracking up. And then I spoke to my mum and she said, did you just see that? And I said, yeah, I don't know what it is. I thought it might be a plane or something, but there was no noise, 
nothing. It was just as if someone had turned the sun off for a split second or an eclipse, but it happened in like, yeah, one second or something like that. Um, so I didn't really, I just kind of thought, I tried to look on my ring camera at the front door, but that didn't pick anything up. So I then spoke to my dad because he'd been in the garden. He was working in the gazebo at the back. Um, and I said, did you see anything? He said, yeah, the, the, it was like the lights went off, but I just thought something big flew overhead. So none of us have got any idea what happened. And I still don't to this day. I just think it's really weird. It was just like for a, a moment, all the lights was off and it was like everything went cold and dark, but it was just for a fraction of a second. So it was just made me think that I'd gone a bit crackers. <laughs> but yeah, so that was three of us that saw it. And I can I can honestly not explain it. Um, I do believe in, you know, UFOs and stuff like that, but I'm still baffled as what it could be because it was just there and then it was gone and I still look out for it to this day but yeah none of us know what it was and it still creeps me out and I still kind of wait and see if it'll happen again but it hasn't and that's the only time really it's happened in my life so yeah we're all very confused. Hi, my name is Kat. Um, here is my Glitch in the Matrix story. Thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, this is a very weird one, which it's interesting that it's happened to quite a few people. Um, when I posted this on Reddit about four years ago now, um, a lot of people reached out and said either happened to them or they just read a story about it happening to someone else and I found a whole website about it also. So anyway... Basically, um, I'll jump right into it. So about four years ago, like I said, it was around May. So it was almost summertime, um, very bright outside, clear day. I was working at um, this delivery job. Um, and I get to this child daycare place and I park in the parking lot. And I pull my phone out to see the order, and all of a sudden, everything around me goes completely dark, but not pitch, pitch black, almost just like a very dark night. Um, my cell phone's still shining bright right in my face, and I look up, and I look outside my window, because I'm still in the car at that point, and it's just basically nighttime. I can still see the trees. I think there was a glimmer of stars in the sky, but it was very quick. It was just, it was basically nighttime in the middle of the day. Like it was 1 p.m. And I'm like, what? You just kind of freeze in that moment. You don't know what to think. So I was just sitting there. It happened maybe for about three or four seconds, which is kind of long when you're sitting there just in shock. So it lasts, you know, three, four seconds go by and boom, it's back to normal. It's not a graduating, you know, light comes back. It's just like a, f a flick of the switch. So I'm sitting there like, what just happened? That is crazy. It's, it was 
too dark for something to go over the sun like an airplane or a cloud. And I'm sitting there like, who do I, do I call someone? So I decide just to go on with my day. Um, I deliver the food and um, everyone inside is acting normal. Um, I go back to the store. Unfortunately, everyone was in the kitchen, and so there's no windows back there, and so they had no idea what I was talking about. So that's when I retreated to the internet, and the internet knew exactly what I was talking about, apparently. It happens to a lot of people um, who are with other people, so there's witnesses most of the time. And weirdly, it happens around kids, like daycares. So I don't know. It was pretty weird. It's a weird phenomenon that happens to quite a few people. Um, Another layer of that that happened to me, though, was a day later, um, I'm messing with my shower, and I look up, and the shower head is completely different. And I lived in this apartment that would never, ever, ever come in and change it for free. They charged me like $12 to change the light bulb in the fridge, so I knew that that didn't happen. Uh, my roommate had recently moved out and I called her and I was like, you didn't happen to somehow change our shower heads because she had a very nice large shower head and I had just the one that the apartment gave to me, which is, you know, one of the little tiny non-fancy kind, but it was huge. And I was like, I have never owned something like that before. She was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, well, <laughs> it just so happens that, you know, the day turned off on me the other day um did I like switch dimensions she thought I was crazy most people probably do I have no idea to this day it is mind-boggling and sometimes I tend to forget about it but it'll sneak up on me every now and then I'm like you know what (laughs) I can't let that go because there's just something about it but yeah thank you for listening to my story So this is something that happened to me when I was 16, so about 11 years ago at this point, and I actually posted about this on Reddit only a few years ago, and it's just one of those things that's always kind of stuck with me and feels like one of those like unexplained, I still don't totally understand it kind of things. So uh, basically, I grew up in... A suburban town and uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do so as teenagers we would kind of just spend a lot of time like hanging out at each other's houses and like talking and you know doing stuff like that so on this particular day my friends Todd and Lily came over and we were hanging out in my garage and we had like a pool table in the garage so we were kind of just like hanging out maybe playing pool, but mostly I just remember us like talking. And it wasn't unusual for the conversation to turn into like spooky stuff. Uh, I think to just get like some cheap thrills, you know, we would talk about like ghosts and all that kind of stuff. And I remember that we were talking about like government conspiracies, which is hilarious when you're 16 and know nothing. But, uh, You know, just kind of getting into it. And then I I remember that the conversation kind of took like a deeper turn. Um, We started talking about like 
our own personal like childhood memories and I remember that there was like one memory that I want to say Lily was sharing and it felt really familiar to all of to to me and Todd um and we were kind of like interesting you know like maybe we have this shared memory who knows what even our memories I mean again like 16 kids that you know we were kids that didn't like do drugs or like drink so this was this was our idea of a good time so I just remember it was like one of those weird conversations where after you're like oh okay let's like change the subject whatever so you know then we just kind of moved on and then I remember that we kind of like made our way down my driveway and over kind of on like the sidewalk near my mailbox where there's this like big huge tree and we're just standing there again like talking whatever and I remember there was like this loud really loud plane sound it sounded like there was a plane that was flying low which like isn't unusual I guess but it was so like deafening and it it just felt like time stopped and we all three of us just kind of paused and we looked up and like we saw a plane like coming right for us so it was like a whole thing like we saw it we froze we were all like and it just that pause felt like it lasted forever and it was so loud and then all of a sudden it was like all gone and we just stood there like silently and one of us then was just like did you and we were all like yep yes like totally saw that totally what was that (laughs) and so we we were freaked out we I just remember the rest of the day was like weird after that it was like suddenly very silent in the neighborhood which you know if you live in a suburban town there's always like dogs barking and people walking by and kids playing outside and like all of a sudden it was just silent and I remember we like just kind of went for like a little walk around the neighborhood to just like shake it off and we were like that was weird what was that and it was just so so bizarre and we all felt it and so then I remember the day just kind of like ended um they went home I went home and I just felt weird all day and then you know eventually like we start like kind of joking about it you know so it's like we're we probably told all of our friends about it we were probably very annoying about it and it was kind of like an inside joke after like we would text each other like remember the plane crash and you know kind of make light of it but I remember like it felt like we were about to die like for a second there it was so weird and on the heels of us talking about all this weird stuff it was you know and and I remember Todd was like well maybe we were talking about something we weren't supposed to be talking about you know again like just it was just super bizarre And, you know, on Reddit, there were a lot of really interesting theories about it. So, you know, I definitely went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but ultimately I just don't, I don't know. I don't really know what happened. Um, And I haven't really talked to Todd or Lily in a while. I kind of lost touch with them, but I did talk to Todd a few years back and just kind of was like, oh yeah, I remember, remember the plane crash? And he was like, no, I, I totally do remember that. Like, 
weird, you know? So I don't know, you know, I don't know what it was. (laughs) Um, And even like to this day, it's weird because I live near an airport and there's a lot of low flying planes and I still kind of like hold my breath a little bit when they, when I hear it, because it's like, oh, it just reminds me of that weird, that weird day when I was like 16 and we genuinely thought we were about to be hit by a plane that was crashing into us, but obviously not. So anyway, super weird. Um, but yeah. Okay, my sister died, and I had planned to go see her. And she, we knew she was very sick, but they thought she had several months to live, and she turned out she did not, and I didn't get out there to see her. She had moved in with her son, and I felt very guilty. And I I couldn't get it off my mind, and I, uh, months later, actually, Almost two years later, I couldn't get it off my mind, and I I prayed. I said, Lord, uh, send me a message that everything's okay, that I, did, I didn't do anything too bad, and that Shirley's up there in heaven, maybe, uh, forgives me for it if I did. And then I just kind of forgot about it. Of that prayer, and about two weeks later, my friend came out there, and she had a little package and a little box, and she said, this is yours. I don't know why I ordered it, but it's yours. And it was a bracelet that she had ordered, and it did not say that it had an inscription in it, but it did. And the inscription in the bracelet said, uh... Joe, love you, Shirley, which was my sister's name. And I just, we just thought there were thousands that went on, there there were thousands of bracelets she ordered it from eBay. And it didn't say that had an inscription, it came to her. I had not told anybody about this, not anybody, and I had mentioned it to anybody at all that I was worried about it or that anything that she would try to make it up to me and she wouldn't have done that anyway both our names on the bracelet and just there I mean back and looked at the it was still on eBay we went back and looked she and I did and it did not say it it had any kind of inscription on it whatsoever there was no way she knew that had my name on it no way My sister moved multiple states away three years ago. Her husband gives her very thoughtful jewelry pieces every Mother's Day. 
and they're always extremely sentimental and bespoke to convey a specific sentiment or memory. Two years ago, he gave her a gold necklace with the heart carved inside with their family's initials and year of birth, with diamonds to the center where the heart meets a point, because it's their daughter's birthstone. Since being given that gift, she's never left the state to visit home. She's also never been to my current house, even before leaving. I also live pretty far from home, and family hasn't made the visit, but I've lived here seven years now and haven't moved or spent long visits with my family, just daytime drop-ins. My sister's necklace went missing sometime in spring last year. She thought it might have broken and fallen off while out and about, and she was very distressed about it because it was an expensive gift and felt horrible about it going missing. When we chatted about it, she actually told me she wasn't going to tell her husband about it until she searched everywhere possible. The entire house, the car, her workplace. She even called the stores that she'd shopped at regularly, asking if it was in the lost and found or turned in, but nothing. Just this week, I was pulling out old clothes and shoes to donate, and my son went through a growth spurt, and I got wider, and I figured it was time to clean house. I was pulling out all the shoes and purses at the bottom of my closet, and there, in the very back of my closet, I found my sister's necklace. There's absolutely no way this could have ended up here. My sister hasn't come home to visit, and there's no way this would have ended up in our state, in my house, without her having mailed it personally. And she's never mailed me anything, besides sending gifts directly from the seller that she never had personal touch with. And it's not as though it's a similar-looking piece, or a mass-produced item. This was specifically carved with their birth years and initials, and their daughter's diamond birthstone. But it gets even more strange. I immediately FaceTime her when I find it. I was already trying to figure out how on earth it would have come into my closet. I haven't gone to her state yet. My son hadn't visited there. Our parents had been there, but before she had gotten the gift. And when she picked up, I showed her what I found. I was honestly bracing myself because I was sure she was going to be just as confused as I was and have a million questions that I couldn't answer. But when I showed her what I found, she set the phone down to put herself into full view and pulled out her necklace from under her blouse. She had her necklace. Not just that, but she had no recollection of losing it. No memory at all of talking to me about losing it searching her house or calling shops. In fact, she was sure she'd had it in her jewelry box this whole time and thought I was being weird about finding the same one because it was really like a common necklace. But when I pointed out that it had their same initials and birth years carved into it, she just shrugged and said it was a coincidence but not all that strange. When I pressed it, she laughed and assumed I was pulling a prank of some kind which is extremely out of my character. I'm not one to pull pranks and asked if I had made it up as some kind of a joke. I am at a total loss here. I feel like reality is all jumbled up and I'm the only one who noticed it off. I was so confused, so I called our mom and told her what happened. I told her the whole thing 
asking if she recalled her losing the necklace, and I was sure if she did, it would have come up in their calls as well. She didn't recall anything. But the way she acted in the call was even more strange. She says, well, these things happen. Don't let it drive you crazy. Our family's just sensitive to these things and then wouldn't elaborate on that, which is very unlike her character. I can't fall asleep right now and I figured I'd share my one and only potential paranormal encounter. It happened when I was 15, about six or seven years ago, when I finally grew old enough to become a counselor at the summer camp I had attended annually for most of my childhood. The camp is Camp Anakichi in Plymouth, Wisconsin, if you want to check it out. You would imagine that a summer camp as large and old as Anakiji would have its fair share of scary stories and camp legends, but from my experience, that really wasn't the case. Ghost stories around the campfire were of course popular, but there weren't really any specifically about the camp itself. That is, except one commonly accepted notion among the staff, Thunderbird Cabin 2 is haunted. See, the camp is separated into a boys and a girls side, and these sides are further divided into sections with names like Lakeview, Timber Trail, or of course, Thunderbird. Counselors would rotate through sections throughout the summer. During the particular week of this story, I was stationed in Thunderbird and was assigned with another counselor who I'll call Keegan to watch over the infamous Cabin 2. Stories about Camp 2 varied. Entities outside of the windows, goatmen, scratching sounds at odd hours of the night, whatever. The diverse and often hyperbolized nature of these stories actually led me to doubt their legitimacy of all of them. It's a much more likely explanation that there was a desire for ghost stories at camp and that someone came up with Thunderbird 2 as haunted, which just happened to stick, no? I still believe this, in fact. I do not believe in ghosts or the paranormal, but I know what I experienced and any rational explanation I can come up with doesn't seem fully convincing. Anyways, it goes as follows. This week, I was assigned to watch the youngest group of boys around six to eight. We like to have everyone in bed early since the young kids can be restless and they needed time to wind down. This particular night, things went smoothly for Keegan and I. We had gotten all of the kids seemingly asleep rather quickly. Being a little older, we would stay up and chat or read, and this night was no different. We both sat in Keegan's bunk sharing a pair of earbuds and watching YouTube videos. It's important now to describe the layout of Cabin in Thunderbird. They were simplistic, rectangular, raised wood cabins, the inner perimeter was lined with bunk beds and housed about 20 to 30 campers and two counselors. Small, high-set rectangular windows along all sides provide moderate moonlight at night. Anyways, we're watching a video and all the kids are asleep, dead quiet inside. You can barely hear the crackling of the dwindling campfire outside and the muffled normal sounds of a Midwest forest at night. 
That is, until something disturbs the peace. The unmistakable sound of someone shaking in a sleeping bag breaks the silence. It's clear from the noise and vibrations that one of the campers is basically flailing in their bunk. Their sleeping bag is rustling, the metal bunk is squeaking, the sound of their body bouncing on the mattress makes a dull thumping. Keegan and I quickly take out the earbuds, pause for a moment to listen to the sound, and turn to each other with a concerned, what the hell, look on our faces. Initially, I'm worried a camper is having a seizure. And then, on the other side of the cabin, we hear the same noise, the same vibration. Only a few seconds after the first camper started to shake, a second one joins in. Then another, and another, and another. Within seven or eight seconds, literally every fucking kid in this cabin is flailing in their bags. The sound of rustling fabric and straining bed springs is all you can hear. In the pale moonlight, you could also see the outlines of their bodies bouncing around a little. The entire cabin is vibrating at this point, and Keegan and I are frozen, wide-eyed, terrified. We each have the same frightened look, and it's clear that neither of us have any idea what is going on or what to do. We sit paralyzed for some period of time while the collective possession around us continues. After 15 or 20 seconds of this, it all stops. Like a switch is flipped, all of the campers stop moving and go perfectly still, back to sleeping undisturbed. Still immobilized with fear, Keegan and I sit still, completely still, not talking or moving. Scared, I'm assuming, that this was simply the beginning of something worse. Unsure whether to run or check the campers, minutes go by, both of us looking around, eyes darting to the door, the surrounding bunks, both of us braced for impending doom. I'm not sure how, but at the same time, both of us silently conclude we should bolt as fast as we can, we leap from the bunk and sprint out the door into the clearing that accompanies the cabins. The only person still outside is our senior counselor, scrolling through his phone by the fire. He's surprised to see the two counselors of a cabin dash out the way we did. And panicked, we try to explain what the hell just happened. He brushes it off but agrees to check the cabin. As you can guess, he doesn't see or hear anything but peacefully sleeping campers. We reluctantly return to the cabin and get in our beds. Still on high alert, I lay awake for some time, braced and waiting for something. But I drift off at some point. Wouldn't you believe it, in the morning, none of the kids claimed to know anything about the previous night. They all claimed to have fallen asleep like any other night, and the phenomenon does not continue any following night. As someone who is wholly skeptical, and as previously stated, doesn't even believe in anything not well-founded or observed scientifically, I struggle to think what might have caused this. I want to think it was a prank, but I just don't think that a bunch of young children could coordinate something like this so well, or even more so retain their innocence in the matter. If anyone has similar stories or has even ever heard of anything like this that could cause it, I'm all ears. It was probably and will probably be the most confused and scared I've ever been in my life. 
The situation was just so bizarre and sudden. I hope I properly conveyed just how creepy it was. This happened around 2018, right after my sister moved out of our apartment together. It's been bothering me since I just moved out. I was home alone on my day off when someone knocked on my door. No one ever visits and I have anxiety, so that was terrifying to my brain already. I answered it and it was a woman who lived in one of those basement apartments. She seemed nice at first asking if I wanted any clothes that she was giving away because they weren't her style, but supposedly matched mine perfectly as a young woman. That was already a red flag in my mind because the only time I ever saw her was when I was walking to work, wearing my uniform of a black shirt, black pants, and a black hat. But I let her talk because I'm super awkward and hated being rude to technical strangers. Then she started getting pushy and listing off super expensive name brands to try to get me to go to her apartment. Old small building, no cameras, and I lived on the second top floor, which would be down what I called the creepy stairs and next to the door to the back lot no one used. Then I realized she was holding a notebook open with a script of what to say. I continued to reject, but my anxiety wouldn't let me close the door on her face without fear of her lashing out. She kept insisting until I finally told her my boyfriend was going to be home soon and suggested she donated them. My boyfriend wasn't going to be home for many, many hours, but she didn't need to know that, obviously. She leaves and I go back to my room, which has a window facing that back lot and alley. A few moments later, I hear a fight happening in the lot and see her with the previous, he was already fired at that point, maintenance man. It's a loud screaming fight and they're standing next to his truck which has tinted windows and a covered truck bed. My paranoia went a little wild so I texted my family about it to feel a little bit safer. Then I believe he left, but a little while later, something hits my door hard. I didn't check, just stared. Then it happened again and again, all night, until my boyfriend came home, and for a few days when I was alone. I found out after looking at the door that they were hitting my deadbolt, and it was off-center. Even after it was replaced, the damage couldn't be fixed. It stopped after a little while and the woman moved out almost immediately after all of that. I don't want to feed my paranoia, but something obviously wasn't right. I know I should have called the police, but I have horrific phone anxiety. Everyone thought I was overreacting and police in my town are relatively useless. Also, that maintenance man was rehired and was the one who replaced my deadbolt, insisting he kept the extra key despite never needing the old. My new house is much safer, thankfully. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I hope this inspired you guys to send your own personal stories because I feel like this is what I want for the future of the show. Of course, I'm always that my whole show is narrating stories, but the reason I started this podcast is just because it was a hobby and I was generally just interested in these types of stories and I'm obsessed with Reddit. So it's it's really fun to narrate and it's also really really fun to hear personal stories from people firsthand. So I hope to have many more episodes like this in the future. If you feel compelled to send me one of yours, you can always send a voice message or a voice file to blame it on the aliens one at gmail.com or you can scroll down and click the link in the description to send a voice message that way. If you prefer me to narrate it, you can always send a text version to the same email. You can reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok at Blame It on the Aliens Pod or Podcast. And you can also support the show by rating it five stars, sharing it with a friend, and leaving a little comment when you rate me. That's how people discover the show, and that's how my show grows. So I would very much appreciate it. And I will be back in the future with more creepy episodes. As always, if you can't explain it, blame it on the aliens, baby.